الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحج أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مستسفكتر علماء الكرام رجزين الرز We are sitting in this part of the world far from where the Hujjaj are the Hujjaj today completed the most important part of their hajj allah taala accept all those who had gone for hajj allah taala accept their hajj allah taala make it maqbool mabrur though we are sitting far away one is that our hearts should be attached to this very great ibadat and a mu'min's heart should always be attached to some ibadat or the other and a mu'min's life is all the time in ibadat it's a matter of just doing the right things with the right intention so while we are far away from the places of hajj nevertheless the lessons of hajj are for us as well and the lessons of hajj are for everyone whoever it may be whichever part of the world somebody may be in there are lessons for all of us so in this short hadith sharif of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that was recited when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave the virtue of hajj that hajj which is mabrur nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says al hajjul mabrur laysa lahu jazaa'un illa al jannah that the hajjul mabrur we would have given many hujjaj who are leaving given them the dua allah taala bless you with hajj mabrur this is from the hadith sharif so this is a very great dua and it is on this kind of hajj hajj which is mabrur that allah taala has promised nabi sallallahu alaihi is giving us this that allah taala's promise is laysa lahu jazaa'un illa al-jannah that his reward and compensation for that this dunya is too small this dunya can't encompass it the reward for that is jannat alone nothing in dunya can be good enough for that So now this hajj which is mabrur this such a great virtue for it so the sahaba were very eager to know that what is this mabrur all about so mabrur comes from the word bir bir means virtue virtue good deeds so any good deed is a good deed So now this is this great ibadat of hajj such a great ibadat that it is only compulsory on the person who has the means and that to once in a lifetime the person may have abundant means still but it's not for only more than once in a lifetime then whatever time he'll go how many times he'll go it will be nafil and that is why that first time must be done right because that farz will never that opportunity will never come again person can perform 50 hajj thereafter is nafil the farz is only the first time 
that first Hajj that he performed. So that first time he has to make every effort to learn correctly what are the Masail of Hajj and how to go about performing it correctly and what is the spirit of Hajj. Because that second chance for first Hajj won't come. But nevertheless, the A'mal of Hajj are known. Any person going for Hajj, he knows what the A'mal of Hajj. He has to fulfill certain specific rites of Hajj. That is something everybody is familiar with. Well, he should be familiar with if he's going for Hajj. Or he's gone for Hajj. So Rasulullah was obviously referring to something over and above this. And this is what the Sahaba understood. And therefore they asked the question, وَمَا بِرُّهَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ That you are talking about this Hajjul Mabrur, which will bring this great reward of Jannat. So after all, there must be something specific that is being referred to as what is the virtue of this Hajj? What will enhance this Hajj and make it Mabrur? Now this is where the lesson comes for all of us, whether we are, whether somebody is gone for Hajj or whether somebody is back home. And whether it is the days of Hajj, because Hajj can only be performed in the specific time. Today, the Hujjaj made wukuf at Arafah. At any other time of the year, a person tomorrow goes and makes wukuf that is of no significance and is worth nothing. In terms of Hajj or Amal or any virtue, it's only specific time. But there are certain things that are applicable to every person, everywhere, all the time. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi was asked this question that what is this special virtue that makes it so great that the reward of Jannah is being promised for the person. So there are three aspects that Rasulullah mentioned. Two I mentioned in one hadith, another one is mentioned in another riwayat. And these are three things which if we were just asked the same question, our mind would never be able to go to these amal. They are great in their own right. But attached to Hajj, it's very difficult for us to think as this being the special virtues of Hajj. This is only from the from the Noor of Nubuwat that this can be learned and Rasulullah hence taught it to the Ummah. All these three things are very simple, basic things. They are so simple and so basic that it is possible for everyone without exception to some extent or the other to be fulfilling all of these. And two aspects are without exception possible for every person. The third aspect also is possible for everyone to some extent or the other. Now these are the things Rasulullah is highlighting as the special virtues of Hajj. Our mind would go that perhaps Tawaf, because Tawaf is only possible there. So a Hajj's Hajj won't get done without Tawaf. That goes without saying he's going to make Tawaf. He has to perform his Sa'i. His Hajj won't be complete without it. He has to go to Arafah. He has to fulfill all the rites of Hajj. That goes without saying. That is a foregone conclusion that the Haji will do all this. And he's performing Hajj once in a lifetime. Surely he'll have this much in his mind that I must learn what to be, what's to be done, how it's to be done. So he'll do all this. So what is the special virtue then? So the three things that Rasulullah mentioned are extremely simple. But this is the aspect to now focus on that such simple amal, what we think as very, very simple, simple to perform. But what is its greatness? 
its greatness can be gauged from this very same aspect that we are discussing, that these are the special virtues of Hajj. It's once in a lifetime compulsion. The three aspects mentioned, first thing Rasulullah says, Ifsha'us Salam. Making Salam common. How much does it cost a person to make Salam? Sometimes some people may be afraid that you make Salam to some people, maybe you'll get a bull that I have to greet you. I have to return your re- greeting. Inshallah, nobody, I don't think anybody has sent anyone a bull for making salam to him. Salam, salam is such a greeting which Allah Ta'ala has declared a greeting of barakat in the Quran Sharif. You enter your homes, make salam. Greeting from Allah Ta'ala, filled with barakat, pure. So now, such a simple thing, salam, simple in the sense that no effort involved. Passing somebody, you make salam to him, you don't have to stop also. While walking past, you make salam to him. And this is the greeting that Rasulullah has declared will be the greeting in Jannat as well. But among the signs of Qiyamat that Nabi has mentioned, among them, one of the signs of Qiyamat is that people will only make salam to those who they know. If they don't know the person, they're not familiar with him, they won't greet him. They'll be walking in and out of the masjid also. My Muslim brother, obviously, who's come in the masjid. If I don't know him, I'll walk past him. So on the street, I can see the signs of a Muslim. One is I'm in doubt whether it's a Muslim or not. I can see all the signs of a Muslim. I don't know who the person is, where he has come from. So we just carry on. Now we are talking about in the context of Hajj. If Shah Salam. If there's one million Hujjaj, he probably might know one thousand people there, if he knows one thousand also. So what fraction is that one thousand out of that one million? So that one thousand doesn't amount to any fraction, zero comma one percent. The rest of them are all strangers to him. And in this gathering of those who are strangers to him, he is being taught this lesson. That look, make salam common. You make salam to everyone. All your Muslim brothers here. You in no doubt about who you are passing here. You are entering the Haram Sharif, or you at Arafah, you at Mina. You are in, among your Muslim brothers. So make salam. You don't know any one of them. You know probably one small fraction of them. Because the rest of the people are, even though they might be from his own country too, he knows how many from there. He knows a small fraction. So out of few thousand South Africans, he might know a few hundred only. So out of that whole gathering of one million, two million hujjaj, they say, out of that two million, he knows a few hundred. The rest are strangers to him. But big salam to everyone. So this salam is what? The common thread in all these three aspects that has been mentioned as the highlights of hajj, as the things that enhance this hajj, that make it mabroor, the very important and the common thread in all these, that these are, number one, very simple amal, and number two, these are all things which generate muhabbat. They generate love. In the hadith, Rasulullah says that you cannot enter Jannat until you have fully completed your iman. 
and your iman will not be totally complete despite having everything else in place until you have one other aspect also. Obviously all the things that are required, whatever the necessary aspects are all must be in place. Can't be leaving out anything. But among them, this one aspect also must be in place. Otherwise your iman is still deficient. And that is hatta tahabbu. Until there is mutual love and muhabbat. And then Rasulullah gives the prescription. Should I tell you how to create this muhabbat? Afshus salama baynakum. Make salam common, sincerely, from the heart. One is a lip service. A person just says it. Many things just happen by lip service. Many things just happen just for the sake of saying it. Many times, uh, it's some occasion, maybe it's Eid, whatever, we're meeting somebody, maaf, maaf for everything, maaf. But sometimes we're not even conscious of what we're saying. That person too is not conscious, we're sending a message now, we drafted a message, maaf for everything, maaf now, we send it to all. One button, we don't even know who, who we sent it to. Now, that person too is receiving now Eid day, he's receiving 50 messages. So here he's seeing maaf for all, he saw 50 messages, he deleted, he says saf to all also. Sub maaf or sub saf. He don't know who sent it and who said what. So it's just, sometimes just lip service, it's just words. Sometimes a, when that aircraft lands, so now they pre-recorded message, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on board. They don't know who came and who went. And they had no internet. It was only a pleasure to have that person's money. That he, nevertheless, he patronized our company, that's all. But these are words. It means nothing beyond that. So likewise, unfortunately, salam has just become words. Whereas that salam is from the heart. That salam is consciously done. That I am giving a greeting of peace to my fellow Muslim. And this is a guarantee of security from my side. That I am giving you this guarantee that neither would your life, your wealth, your honor be harmed from me in any way. This is my greeting to you. And this is my declaration of peace for you. Assalamu alaikum. So now this is so simple. Doesn't take any effort. No money that a person has to spend one cent also in doing it. No time taken. But such a great tamal. And Rasulullah made and declared this to be the prescription to create this mahabba. So this is the first lesson that was given. As what is this bir of hajj? If shahu salam. Then the second thing, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, it'amu ta'am. Feeding. Feeding, feeding how much? No qualification of how much, a specific amount, it must be a full meal. Feeding, like in the case of Ramadan, the person who feeds a fasting person, at iftar, he gets the reward of his fast. And so many other rewards. So, the sahaba were eager to do this, but somebody asked that every person doesn't even have that amount to feed a fasting person. He doesn't have enough to fill his own stomach. Poverty was so widespread. Nabi Salaam said, even you give a person a sip of water, give a person one date, that too you fed him. So the same, same matter applies here also. Feeding without any restriction and qualification. How much? But again in that same context, that now we are talking about Hajj. Out of the 2 million people, he knows maybe 200. 400 he knows. 
He doesn't even know a small fraction of the total people there. But in the midst of all these strangers, he's being told, make salam. He's going to sit somewhere. On the left of him sometime, he's going to be sitting in, waiting for salam, maybe left, right. He doesn't know who the people are. Make salam. He's standing somewhere, make salam. Likewise, feed. He doesn't know who the people are. Whatever he can, he can feed something. But this lesson of salam also is not confined to hajj. And this lesson of feeding also is not confined to hajj. These are lessons applicable anywhere and everywhere. But now this haji has gone for hajj and this once in a lifetime opportunity or sometimes he had another opportunity but this is such a great ibadat. So now he's going to try to make it mabrur because he heard the virtue. He's going to try to make it mabrur. He's going to practice on this. After hajj then what? He's going to leave it all back and go away home empty handed. If he practiced on this and he lived those days in hajj in this manner, Inshallah, I'll take it along. Now, if two million hadiths go back home with these lessons, the whole ummah will come alive with it. And now over the years, every year, two million, three million, one and a half million, whatever, over 15, 20 years, how many million people throughout the world, but if those lessons of hajj were kept alive, then the whole ummah will be alive with it. But again, this is not something confined to hajj. If a person didn't go for hajj, then it doesn't apply to him. But the lesson in this is this lesson again, it'amut ta'am, feeding. One is that a person feeds somebody, forget feeding insan, he feeds an animal also. That every living creature in feeding it is a reward. We are well aware of those riwayat and those ahadith that unchaste woman fed that hungry dog, gave it water to drink. Allah Ta'ala accepted that amal and this became the means of her life changing for the better and her forgiveness and she got jannat or she fed an animal and that to what animal? a dog if that dog puts his mouth into a utensil that utensil also becomes najis such a unclean animal in terms of the masail but feeding that animal also brought this reward so what about feeding insan? And then feeding insan, feeding musalman. And on top of that, feeding those who are near family, etc. This is all part of our deen. Feed any insan. Poverty that is around in our country, other, sometime in our backyards, other parts of the world. All this is part of our deen, to do whatever we can in this regard. To feed. Then the other Part in this again, like in Salam, when someone feeds the next person, what's the end result of it? What happens? He invited somebody to a meal, or he shared something with somebody. He sat there in Hajj, he doesn't know who the person is next to him, but he offered him something to eat. The person probably can't speak his language, each one doesn't know the other person's language, but they shared something. They will leave with some muhabbat in their hearts. And if they see each other later, that person is bound to come greet him. He is bound to come and just acknowledge him. Something has happened. Through what? Through that feeding. The lesson again of muhabbat. It's salam. Salam creates that muhabbat. This feeding, apart from it being a means of great reward, a means of fulfilling the rights of the needy and 
so many other benefits in it. But this very great aspect, it generates mahabbat and love. It unites. So this is the second aspect that Rasulullah has highlighted as the bir of hajj. وَمَا بِرُّهَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And the third aspect that is mentioned in another hadith is لِينُ kalam. Lean kalam, talking soft, kind words, gentle words. Talking in kind words. If a person has spoken to somebody in gentle words, kind words, in a manner that is going to make the person happy, to just bring some happiness to somebody's heart, and that bringing happiness to somebody's heart, to the heart of a mu'min, this is a great ibadat. Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min is among the greatest ibadats after the faraiz. Now somebody made tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif for a few hours. Alhamdulillah. Tremendously great amal. And that should be a part and parcel of a mu'min's life. Every day he should be making tilawat. No day should go without tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. If a person analyzes sometimes how much of things we read, other things. And if you have to add up all those words, that we have read, whether it's the newspapers or other things and social media and whatever other business documents and if we total it all up, we'll be amazed in how many thousands of words it runs into. But sometimes a few dozen words of the Quran Sharif also were not recited. So the of the Quran Sharif, this is essential. No day should go without it. So Alhamdulillah, that person who made Tilawat for a few hours, he too feels and Alhamdulillah, this is the reality that he has been engaged in ibadat. He has been engaged in ibadat, obviously. Very great ibadat. Somebody got the tawfiq of waking up for tahajjud. Subhanallah. This is something to try for. And the great benefits and rewards of tahajjud. In one hadith, Rasulullah says, Alaykum bi qiyamil layl. That be very punctual and steadfast on this qiyamul layl. Fa innahu da'bus salihina qablakum. This has been the way of all the pious people before you. No person has reached any distinguished position in piety without the hajjud. That was part and parcel of him. And it's a means of the forgiveness of your sins. And it's a means of protection from sins. Like a person now going into a very dangerous place. So he first puts on his bulletproof jacket because now the bullets are flying there. And he's taking all his security measures and whatever else to protect himself, protect his physical self, protect his life. So likewise, we have been provided with this bulletproof jacket against the bullets of shaitan. Person who is constant in his tahajjud, this becomes this protection from sins. That the barakat of this saves him from these dis- the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. This becomes that bulletproof jacket. So in any case, mashallah, tremendously great ibadat, and if somebody just doesn't manage to wake up in the last part of the night, then before sleeping, even after the Isha Salah, after the Sunnahs, two rakats with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl, to some extent he'll get the basic benefit. Like somebody is now going in the GTI and somebody in the I-10, both will reach inshallah. person will reach a little bit faster maybe, this person a little bit slower, both will reach inshallah. So he might not get the same comfort, the same... Everything else, but he'll get there, inshallah. The point is that this too will bring him the basic benefit, inshallah. 
So we should try and so simple without much difficulty, at least this much we can achieve. So this person also feels, mashallah, alhamdulillah, with shukr, not with pride. Allah ta'ala's tawfiq, I was engaged in some ibadat. And indeed he was, very great ibadat. And like that we can think about all the other various ibadats. But somebody spoke in a nice way to someone to make him feel comforted, happy. It doesn't cross his mind this is ibadat also. He doesn't make a niyat of ibadat in it. If he did it also, he doesn't make the niyat of ibadat, it doesn't cross his mind too. Whereas this is, this is among things Nabi Wasallam highlighted as the bir of hajj. The special virtues of hajj. Can we imagine? He's going to be tested in this journey of hajj. A lot of tests. Sometimes, some of the time he leaves, he'll be get in so many situations that will test him. Somebody will come and cut the line and somebody will maybe do something or say something that he's unhappy about. And now he's with people who he doesn't know, people whose culture is different in terms of their day-to-day living. People have their own habits and ways. And now he has to live with so many different people all the time. And in all this he is being taught, remember, Leenul Kalam, that you talk kind words, gentle words. So now if this Haji practices this all the time, and when he comes back home, that is also where he is to practice the same thing. This is not only that he now practices in Hajj. When he comes home, he makes qaza of all the time that he was talking very nicely, very com- gently. So now those back at home now, they get the other side of it. No, he learned a lesson there. That lesson now will inshallah stay with him for life. And this is what is Hajj all about. A change in one's life. The life changes for the better and all the lessons of Hajj stay with the person. And as mentioned that these are things, again, a person talking in kind words, talking in a gentle manner, talking in a compassionate way to somebody, what happens to the heart? It wins the heart. It creates muhabbat. Try it in our own homes. Many a times people, the complaint is that nobody, this is now not every home obviously, but many a times this kind of complaints, that in this house, I don't hear any speaking. I just hear shouting or hear barking. These are actual words used by people that the smallest thing and it's like kiamat has come. There's no such thing as explaining something or, or saying something in a nice way, in a gentle way, that okay, whatever happened now needs to be sorted out, needs to be rectified. It's always a explosion that's happening all the time. So, if a person starts practicing this in his own home also, he'll see the effects of it. That the muhabbat he'll create. He's talking something, sometimes he's saying the right thing. But saying the right thing is not sufficient. Saying the right thing in the right manner. And with the right intention also. Sometimes a person is saying the right thing. He might be saying it in the right manner also. No, brother, what you did, I must tell you, that's not right. Why are you saying it to him? Because yesterday this person corrected me, I got my chance today. I'm scoring points. I'm not doing it for Allah. I'm not doing it because this is a dini obligation that in a nice way to help one another. And then this is my brother after all. His harm and his loss is my loss. So just as I would want to save myself from that harm and loss, I must help him also. So with that intention, with that enthusiasm, but saying the right thing in the right manner, the right thing is said in the wrong manner, that is also wrong. So saying the right thing in the right manner. And this is what we learn in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
his seerat is filled with these lessons of how he dealt with situations, how he contained issues. A Bedouin comes in the masjid, person now just came new, has never learnt any etiquette, never learnt what the uh, respect and the dignity of the masjid is. New person just came for the first time perhaps, and now he comes and he starts urinating in one corner of the masjid. The Sahaba are upset and they are about to now go and run towards him. Nabi Islam stops him, stops them and says, you don't chase him at all. Don't, don't make him stop midway. Number one, that will be harmful for him. Because now he's already started relieving himself. And midway you are going to now cause a problem to him health-wise. And the bigger problem and the next problem would be that if you're going to try to now rush towards him, this is the essence of all this. What's going to be the end result? He's going to start running to save himself. At the moment, one portion of the masjid is getting soiled. Here what will happen is that the whole masjid will get soiled. The lesson here, first was, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught this, that by whatever happened, number one, he contained the problem. It's happening already, it's there. But contain it. It shouldn't now get worse. Otherwise, instead of one place, the whole masjid will be soiled. Sometimes the way the problem is handled is not contained. The manner of handling it just inflames it further. So, there was a problem, but the manner in which it got handled, it made it two problems. And sometimes makes it four problems. So, to contain the problem. And after containing it, he addressed it. Number one, he cleaned, got the sahaba to clean the place. And they called the person and explained to him nicely and taught him. One sahabi comes in the masjid, he has not heard about this new hukam uh, that had come, that now it's no more permissible to speak while in salah. Initially it was. person could come, you could greet the person next to him, even talk to him, that person is in salah. But now the prohibition came for that. He doesn't know that this has ha- happened. He comes now, he's asking something or greeting the person. So others are staring at him. He gets very upset. But then he keeps quiet. After the salah is over, Rasulullah calls him. And then he explains to him. And the Sahabi says that, Wallah, he did not shout at me, he did not rebuke me, and he speaks about the wonderful manner in which Rasulullah taught him. Now he did something, he made a mistake, he didn't know about it, but he's so deeply impressed about how he was taught. What youngster comes in the gathering of Sahaba, and he asks Rasulullah a question. And the question says, give me permission to commit zina. Can we imagine who he's speaking to and what kind of gathering? And again, the sahaba looking at him in shock, that how can this person even ask such a question? But what is Rasulullah's response? He calls him forward. And then in a very, very compassionate manner, he starts engaging him. Tell me, if somebody does such an act with your mother, would you be able to tolerate? Would you like this? Never. Somebody does such a thing with your sister? Never. With your aunt? Never. Now he made him understand the severity of this. He didn't just deal with it in a way that would create animosity. Create some kind of uh, revulsion in the person's heart that how was I treated? He taught him. Then he called him forward. Then he put his hand on his, Mubarak hand on his chest, made dua for him. 
It is stated in the Ahadith that thereafter there wasn't anything more detested to this person than adultery. But the lesson in this, this kind words, this gentle manner of engaging, this compassionate manner of saying it, and this is the highlight of Hajj, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, kalam, talking kind words, gentle words. Now these are the lessons that apply to us anyway, all the time. That these things create this muhabbat. And this is a great aspect of deen. This lesson of muhabbat is a very great lesson in deen. How great? So inshallah, finish off on this one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa where once he asked the sahaba that Allah ukhbirukum bi afdala min darajati salati wa siyami wa sadaqa Should I not tell you something that is greater than all the salah referring to the nawafil all the nawafil salah that somebody can perform now somebody makes tahajjud, he makes qiyamul layl starts off from after isha till fajr till tahajjud finishes off and every night 50-60 years he's doing this how many can do this? How many have the physical capacity to do such a thing? And very rare for somebody to do this. Something greater than that. And then greater than all the nafil fast that somebody can keep. So the whole year after Ramadan, besides the five days that is not permissible to fast, he's fasting the whole year. Now something greater than that, how many people can fast the whole year? Ramadan, alhamdulillah, everybody will fast. Then some specific day, somebody has more tawfiq, he'll keep Mondays and Thursdays, the sunnah fast, somebody a little bit more. But every day, very, very few, there's a small percentage, maybe do something like this. Something greater than this. And now we're talking about both these things combined. All the nawafil salah, all the nafil fast. Because there's no number that was specified in this. Greater than one year of fast, or greater than one year of nafil salah is just mutlaq, open. So all the nafil salah, all the nafil fast, was sadaqa. And on top of that, all the nafils, all the sadaqa. How much sadaqa can a person, will a person give? Somebody will give thousand rands, somebody hundred thousand, somebody maybe one million, somebody ten million. So maybe the people of Azadwal, maybe hundred million. But then after that, Chalo, nowadays we, people are talking, they say, you know, the telephone figures were previous long time. Now it is with the international code also. So now some, somebody say, you know, you can, inshallah, one billion also, but how much? After the billion, then ah. But Nabi Islam is saying something greater than this also. So that billion also, Allah knows best how many would manage to do that. But greater than that is possible, which Nabi Islam is giving this prescription. Can I tell you something greater than all these three things combined? So the Sahaba were more than eager to hear it. Bala ya Rasulullah, please tell us. So Rasulullah sallallahu says, Islahu zatil bain. That bringing peace between people. Now this muhabba, this maqsad, among the maqasid of deen, to have this mutual love. Now in hajj, these things that are the highlights of hajj, are all the common factor in all these things, it creates this muhabbat. And now among strangers, he's been taught, create this muhabbat, the whole ummah will come alive with muhabbat. And here in this hadith, Nabi Islam is saying, that that person who makes peace between two people, something, insan is insan, we are also insan. 
Others also insan. We make mistakes. Others make mistakes also. Sometimes we go to do one thing and end up doing something else which creates a problem sometimes. Others also do something like that. In a, someday our mood wasn't right. We end up blurting out some things. We later regret why we said it. Others also sometimes make a mistake and blurt out something. They also regret. But that is now the kamal of this insan. He's weak. But the kamal of insan that he can ask for forgiveness and he can forgive. He has the heart to apologize and he has the heart to accept the apology. If he's hurt, he has the heart to ask for forgiveness, to apologize. He's insan, but this is his kamal. He can make mistakes, he'll make mistakes. He'll fall. He's walking very carefully, but that loose pebble he didn't realize and he fell. But his kamal is that he can wake up and walk again. He doesn't remain fallen. So sometimes he slipped with his tongue, sometimes he slipped in some other way, and he did something that now hurt somebody or caused some problem. So he is man enough to say, look, please, my mistake, forgive me. Go and humbly apologize, go and offer how to make amends. And if he's on the other end, then depending on the situation now, somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean now that somebody uh, took away all his money, so now he has to necessarily forgive it and overlook it. He has the heart to do that too, mashallah. But that's not an obligation on him. But for the wrong conduct or the wrong words that were said or something that was, now it's not involving anything material, anything tangible, then he should have the heart to now go past that. And this is what in this hadith Nabi Islam is saying, that person now who has this, or who does this, who goes to make peace between two people. Allah Ta'ala loves this so much that his reward is greater than all these three things put together. All the nawafil salah, all the nafil fast, and all the sadaqah that everybody put together can give. His reward is greater. Islahu dhatil bain. Inna fasada dhatil bain hiya al-haliqa. Because creating mischief and creating dissension, this is what shaves off deen. So these are the lessons of Hajj that Rasulullah gave, the great virtue of Hajj. But those virtues, one is that it enhances the Hajj of the Haji, but these lessons are applicable for us all the time, everywhere. And how great these amal are is understood from this alone, that these were highlighted as a special amal of Hajj. Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that in these Mubarak days we bring all these amal alive, bring this muhabba alive. The one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu which we'll just terminate on, that Qurbani also, we are familiar with the rewards of Qurbani, that there is no amal greater than Qurbani on the day of Eid al-Adha, on the days of Eid, that this is the greatest amal in terms of reward. It doesn't mean nothing else must be done, but nothing can surpass this. But yet in one hadith, something has been mentioned which surpasses this also. In the Targheeb al-Targheeb, the riwayat is uh, recorded there, that except a person who is now going to join family ties that has a reward even greater than Qurbani on the day of Eid something happened like in all insan, something, whatever some relationships broke up so now he takes the effort to go and join those ties, to go and mend those relationships the reward of that is even greater than Qurbani, Qurbani is greater than every other amal on that day this is greater than Qurbani also Allah Ta'ala give us a topic.
to bring all these lessons alive. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أسنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا وأخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله